0: My name is Jim Fleming and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Uh, We are starting Philippians 1-1 today, so I am excited about that. I am very, very excited. So we are in, uh, hopefully, pages 17 through 23. Uh, if you don't have a green book, I don't have any more up here. I have given them all out. I've got more to print this week. So for members, if you don't have one yet, we'll be getting more. Um, but if you uh, are not a member, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com, and there's a link at the bottom of the homepage, and that's got the absolute exact same document as you were holding in your hand. So there we go. So we start. Let's... Uh, read through our text. I'll tell you, I've got a lot of different stuff on the PowerPoint today. So a little more PowerPoint heavy than normal because I finished the lesson on, like, Wednesday. So this is what happens, right? You noodle, and you noodle, and you noodle, and you noodle, and, you noodle and then it, it grows. So, so we'll see. Um, all right, Zeke, I need you to remind me at some point during today's lesson about the bookmarks. The bookmarks. OK? Cool. All right, so I'm gonna read Philippians, the whole book, the whole little letter. And uh, if you wanna read along, that's fine, but I would actually encourage you just to listen. So this is Philippians in the Christian Standard Bible. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you always praying for you with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in the gospel, both in grace, both in my imprisonment and the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even to speak more the word fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, and others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice, yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you, For your progress and joy in the faith so that because of my coming to you again your boasting in christ jesus may abound just one thing as citizens of heaven live your life worthy of the gospel of christ then whether i come and see you or am absent i will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit in one accord contending for the faith of the gospel not being frightened in any way by your opponents This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation, and this is from God. For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw that I had, and now hear that I have. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, Intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, Not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing, But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Now, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character, because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him, so that you may rejoice again when you see him, and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and hold people like him in honor, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. Regarding the law, a Pharisee. Regarding zeal, persecuting the church. Regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may in Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I've already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it, because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Yodia and I urge Sintiki to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, finally, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, Concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well fed or hungry, whether in abundance or need, I am able to do all things through Him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you, Philippians, know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the manner of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Philippians. So where are we starting today? 1-1. All right, let's go to 1-1. I'm on page 17 in your green book. So we've got Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing I want to look at real quick is a format. So if you were going to send somebody a, uh, a letter, if you were going to send somebody a letter in first century, it would not look like what our letters look like. The first word of a letter we send today is almost always what? Dear... Who, who am I sending the letter to? Right. Totally backward from when Paul would have written a letter. It's the from, like, who's this from? It's the to, and then it's a greeting. Now, there was a very standard way to do this in Paul's day. This thing is not working. There we go. I just I have to point it that way. That works. Um, there's a very standard way to do this. It was as few words as possible. What you did not want was a whole lot of stuff. You wanted to get directly to the point, right? Cut out all the fluff. What Paul could have done that would have been literally perfect, would have been what I've got highlighted. Paul, saints in Philippi, grace. And he really wouldn't have said grace, he'd have said greetings. Like, the funny thing is that the Greek word for greetings and grace, they're like first cousins with each other. So it's almost like Paul takes this and just kind of nudges it toward Christianity just a little bit, which is kind of cool. So this is all he had. So does he do more or less? More. You're like, oh my gosh, a lot more, yeah. Have you read Romans, right? He's going to do more. All right. So I want you to notice what he adds. He adds two different things to this. To the from, he adds Christ. To the to, he adds Christ. To the greeting, he adds Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Like, he didn't want to leave any part of the format. Like, you know what? We're going to put Jesus in all of this. (laughs) Love it. I love it. Now, he didn't just stop there, though. He added theology. He called he and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus. Is there any theology bound up in this language? (laughs) Yeah, just, just a little bit, right? It implies that they have a master and that the master is Christ Jesus. To the saints who are in Christ Jesus, there have been volumes written on this little phrase, in Christ Jesus, right? I mean, there's just so much going on there, including the overseers and the deacons. We'll talk about that today as well. And then... Like, all this other stuff that he didn't have to have, which implies that grace and peace come from God and Jesus Christ. So, there was only one picture that I could think of when looking at how just Paul stuffed and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed all this stuff inside the grieving. I waited for you to drink. I said stuff like four more times just to wait for you to drink, and you did it, and it was great. Does anybody know what this is? It's turducken. I've never had turducken. I'm not endorsing this in any way, shape, or form. I feel Ron Swanson would somehow approve. But this is a, it's a, it's a duck inside a chicken inside a turkey. Did I get that right? It's a chicken inside a duck inside a turkey. It's a lot of stuff inside a lot of stuff, right? And, and, and here's what I want us to get from this. Like, all we've talked about so far is the format of the letter. So here's my first application. we've got a few today. So at the bottom of your pages, every single page, at the bottom of every single page is an opportunity to write applications and personalizations. Isn't that awesome? So guess how often we're going to have applications and personalizations? (laughs) Shane's eyes just like, oh no, a lot. Yeah, Paul fills the format with our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul fills the format with our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do with that? How about we fill our speech with our Lord Jesus Christ? See, the crazy thing is, Paul took whatever the standard cultural expectation of the day was, and he met it. And then he exceeded it with a whole lot more Jesus, which I think is fantastic. And then, like... Do you get a sense of what the primary theme in Philippians might be? Maybe it's Christ. Christ is used 37 times in 104 verses. If if you get a letter, a four-page letter from somebody, and there's somebody's name in it 37 times, I'm, I'm going to get the impression that this is a relatively important person, right? I read an article this morning from the AP, and it referenced somebody, and it gave their job title up at the beginning, and as often as I do, I skip past all that stuff because I'm not really worried. But they referenced back to that person eight different times in a two-page article. I was like, I got to the third one, and I went, I don't know what this person is supposed to be doing. I need to go back and figure out, like, who... Who are they again? This is going to be important for my context for the rest of the the letter that I'm reading. Christ Jesus, the Messiah. Christ Jesus, the Messiah. The Lord Jesus Christ. God, the Messiah, Jesus. he, He defines his terms up front very, very cleanly, which I think is incredibly helpful. So, turducken. I got nothing better than turducken today, so there you go. All right, page 18. Paul and Timothy. Now, we're going to notice a lot of different things in particular order today. Yes, bookmarks, thank you very much. Uh, does anybody Has anybody flipped open the green book before today? Like you opened your green book before today and flipped around in it? Yeah. Has anybody uh, noticed that it is just a smidge challenge? Like, where was I? Like, what was the page number I was on? Ah! <laughs> these are my new favorite thing that I found on Amazon. They are individual page bookmarks that are tiny magnets. Has anybody ever seen these before? Yes. This is like, this is like little bits of witchcraft, and they're just—it's <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful. So I'm going to put a bunch of these on the table. So, grab a bookmark and head over. Actually, we'll wait on that for a second. When I say prepositions, Zeke, remind me about the bookmarks again. All right? You're excellent. You're excellent at this. Thank you very much. All right. So we got Paul and Timothy. Does order ever matter in the Bible? Yes. The verbal plenary inspiration of Scripture, yes. Order matters. Uh, so Paul puts himself first here because hierarchically Paul is first here. Timothy comes second. Did the Philippians know who Timothy was? Yes. How do we know this for 100% sure? He says it in the text. And Dr. Luke wrote it in Luke, in Luke. <laughs> Dr. Luke wrote it in Acts chapter 16. Mitch has this uh, look that he gives that it's his standard like I'm just paying attention, but it also doubles for me as a, whoa, I need to check that. I said that wrong. So thank you for that. It's very helpful. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did and didn't even know it. I just wanted to call it out and say thank you, Lord, for that. It's fantastic. Um, and, and we know that Timothy is not a co-author because of the pronouns Paul uses from the singular first person as we go through Philippians. So there are a couple of letters that Paul writes where we go, you know what, that's a lot of plural first-person pronouns. Is that the way I say that? We? Yeah, whatever. There's a lot of we's versus I's. Not the case in Philippians. So Timothy's with him, but he's not the co-author here. So that's how we know this. All right, so Paul means little, Timothy means dear to God. And in verse 1 of chapter 1, is the only time Paul's name shows up. Who is not the subject of the letter? Paul is not the subject of the letter, right? Okay. How does he describe himself? He describes himself as servants. How does Paul sometimes remind, uh, describe himself when he starts letters in the New Testament? I'm an apostle he does this when he's about to thump somebody on the theological head. And he needs to establish, like, this is not just some crazy person off the street writing you a letter. Like, I'm an apostle, and there's some things you need to know. Here he describes himself as a servant. Now, I would argue that there's a whole bunch of reasons why he describes himself as a servant. One of which is the fight that Yodia and Sintiki are going to get into, that are already into, that he's got to address in chapter 4. He is humbling himself. Like, we are all servants here, right? He's laying the the theological foundation for issues that he has to address a little later on. But this word servant, if you were to pull out your, and I'm not going to misspeak here, if you were to pull out your Greek copy of the Old Testament, which is actually a spectacularly helpful linguistic tool for modern-day translators because we, We actually have copies of what the Greek Old Testament was at the time that Paul and the Gospels were written. What they let us do is they let us go back to things that we are highly confident that we understand. Because Hebrew is still spoken in the world today. Koine Greek is really not. It's a whole different kind of Greek. Uh, It's a whole different. It's different, right? It's like, I'm looking at my Greek expert in the room. She's not paying attention, but that's okay. It's like first cousin different, right? Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, cool. Um, but if you were to pull out your Greek copy of your Old Testament, this same word servant, that same Greek word, is used to describe Moses and Joshua and David. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is, this is not Paul insulting himself and Timothy. There's a lot of theology that, carries, uh, that comes along with this. And at the same time, I don't want us to to transport our uh, 21st century understanding of U.S. slavery in the 17th and 18th centuries into this word. That is not what this was in any way, shape, or form. This is not United States slavery. Those are two radically different things. And we'll talk about the differences in this as we kind of go through. but, But the slave fundamentally is defined because the slave has a what? A master, right? So who is Paul, who are Paul and who is Paul and Timothy's master? Christ. That's exactly right. Now, this word servant is also used of our Lord Jesus Christ in Philippians 2 7. So again, this is not a slur, it's not a slander, this is not a, a hit. Um, there you go. So how are Paul and Timothy connected? How are Paul and Timothy connected? Yes. Timothy is Paul's spiritual son, right? Through who? Through Jesus, right? How are Paul and Timothy connected to the Philippians? Through Jesus. How are all of us connected? Through Jesus. Wait for this one. How are we connected to Paul and Timothy and the Philippians that lived at this time? Through Jesus. This is awesome. So Paul is showing his connectedness here to other believers. So here's our application for you on this page. Believers are connected through our Lord Jesus Christ. Believers are connected through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do with that? Live connected lives. Right? Behave in a way that shows how we are connected. I'll give you another application for this page. Um, Paul didn't throw down his apostolic authority on this page, right? Okay, so perhaps for application number two on this page, authority should be wielded cautiously. Authority should be wielded cautiously. Now, Paul makes no bones about it, who Jesus is and his authority as we go through Philippians. So Paul will do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, right? There's not a problem here. So what do we do with that? Perhaps we should use authority wisely as well. Does anybody know how you became a slave in the first century? There are three primary ways. I bet you can guess several of them. Bought them? Yep, That's one. War. War, That's another. And you're born into it, that's exactly right. You guys got all three. Just that easy. That was cool. Three primary ways you became a slave. Is there a sense in which Christ fought a spiritual battle for us and was victorious? Yes. Is there a sense in which he will fight another at the end of all times and be victorious? Yes. Is there a sense in which we are bought by Christ through the payment of the shedding of his blood? Yes. Is there a sense in which we are born again because of Christ? Yes. Like the whole servant title fits really, really well for a Christian. (laughs) Like really well. Because Christ, here's my application number three on this page. Christ is our master through war, debt, and birth. So what's the job of a servant as it relates to his master? Serve him, right? So there's your personalization. Serve Christ. It's much better than what I had, so thank you for that. Edits on the fly. There we go. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. We're on page 19 now. Booyah. So Christ Jesus is Paul's way of saying that Jesus is the Messiah. So don't, like, don't miss that. Jesus shows up 22 times in Philippians, in case you're wondering. So, because It's not as if we're leaving the Jesus aspect of Christ Jesus' name out. And then he says, to all the saints, to all. How many times does the word all show up in Philippians? 33. It's in your notes, yes. 33 times in... Ooh, something changed. I covered up the mic. There we go. That's much better. This is what happens when Julie's not here, so, okay? Virtually every single one of the commentators that I read talked about how Paul's very frequent use of the word all is his early hat tip toward, I'm going to be talking about unity a lot in this letter. And it's all you Philippians, all you Philippians, all you Philippians, all you Philippians, all you Philippians. There's a tremendous amount of unity language here. And this really only one of the, it's one of the only issues that Paul addresses to the Philippians is the lack of unity between Iodia and Syntyche and what they ought to do about it. So, so to all the saints. So who's a saint? Believers are saints, yes. There's not a second class of, like, if you do a miracle and it's validated several years later. No, 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 no. If if you are redeemed by Christ, you are a saint. This word means saved and holy ones. It means sacred, consecrated. And it's because of our Lord Jesus Christ. To all the saints in Christ. Now, One of the most common ways, and I'm I'm not throwing rocks here, I'm not throwing rocks here, but one of the most common ways that we talk about our relationship with Christ Jesus today is that I invited Christ into my life. You hear this? All right. It's a great quote, a great, great quote from Dr. Uh, Keown here. Oops, I went right past. Contemporary Christians like the idea of inviting Jesus into my life, whereas for Paul, the converse is more important. Christ invites us into his life, and we exist in Christ. If you count the number of times that the New Testament talks about us being in Christ versus Christ being in us, one is dramatically larger than the other. Now, is Christ in us? Yes, we know that. Absolutely, I affirm that. I believe that to be true. But This is the predominant thrust of the heart of the New Testament, right? So let's keep that in mind. So application here is all saints are in Christ Jesus. All saints are in Christ Jesus. So what do we do with that? We know and live accordingly with all the saints, (laughs) right? This is, we should know and live accordingly with all the saints, Yes, ma'am. Uh, I would say close to the concept that I'm teaching. What I'm teaching here is Christ takes our hand, not us taking his. He takes us into him because I can't go into Christ on my own. That has to be a I ask, I repent, I believe, and then he takes me into him. See, it's, it's a subtle difference, but I think it's a significant one. In American Christianity, we place a lot of emphasis on what we do, right? And there is an element of repentance and faith in the gospel. But God shows us our need for repentance. And God gives us the faith that we then use to believe in him. So there is really not a lot that we do in the entire gospel setup to save ourselves. Yes. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. This is not a, today's the day for me. I'm going to, do, no, you got to be drawn. You got to be convicted. The Spirit is working, right? Absolutely. All right, I've got 942. So it looks to me like next week's lesson is done. <laughs> um, so we will pick up there next week on page 20. And uh, I'm still excited because we did, did we get through verse 1? No, we didn't. (laughs) At our current pace. No, don't do the math, Jim. Don't do the math. (laughs) 2047 will be, no, that's not right. All right, so uh, at your tables, you should have a uh, weekly update. Uh, My attendance taker is not here today. So if you would, please, please, please make sure everybody's name is at the bottom. Um, I didn't get the preposition. That's next week, you got to hang on to it. You got to hang on to it. But uh, please make sure everybody's name is at the bottom. You've got prayer requests on the other side. If you need to make any updates to that, uh, please do. Um, As I mentioned earlier, Julie's having surgery on Tuesday uh, morning. We should be done by like 9 or 10 in the morning. So I'll put something on the Facebook group and let everybody know. So that's cool. Um, And, yeah, that's awesome. So I don't know how to jump to slide number 20, but... uh, So write down your prayer requests, lean in, engage, pray for someone not with you, and then go and worship this one who is, like we have plenty to talk about before we even got into the bulk of the letter about Jesus. Turducken is the war cry today. (laughs) Turducken. All right, grace and peace. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.